0: Welcome to
2: the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen,
3: I give you Stu and Blake.
2: Hello, and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I am Blake Harrison, and joining me today is
3: Stu Whiffin. Hello, Blake. Hello, Stu. How's it going? <laughs> yeah, not bad, not bad. I feel that the last time we, we, we spoke on the podcast, we were still just absolutely riding high on the excitement of UFC 261 and all of oh. the, the drama that, that, that unfolded on that, on that main card mainly, I guess we should. You know, but um, And so I just thought we were meant to be recording today um, with UFC Fighter Jack Shaw. Uh, unfortunately, Jack had to um, postpone it for 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 for, for personal reasons, uh, and we'll be picking back up on that chat next week. So uh, Blake and I had decided that we was going to continue and, and and have a catch up and a chat anyway. And and there's been a lot happening in the kind of fallout of of the weekend, and and so we thought we'd touch on a few bits of of news there that that sort of then led us on to. The lightweight division so we thought we'd we'd kind of have a look at the the top 10 and see what was to be discussed there but in regards to what sort of happened in the in the aftermath of 261 uh, I think one of the most positive things we've seen Blake was some some nice videos from uh, a woozy but recovering Chris Weidman which I thought was encouraging to see
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, he's he's gonna have a long break. I think he said in the video that the doctor said something like six to twelve months before he can right. resume any training. And is it maybe six weeks or a month or something he said before he's walking without crutches? I mean, I've heard a lot of people say that the clean breaks, which and that was as bad a clean as it gets, um, are easier to come back from mm. than like the ligament tears and stuff like that. So, as horrific as that injury looked. Maybe, you know, the road to recovery will be smooth, fingers crossed. I mean, it, it's just such a horrific injury, isn't it? And he's not in his 20s. He's like yeah. 36 or whatever. So, so yeah, so that's uh, – but that's positive news that he's he seems okay. He's thanking everyone for the support that he's got. And there has been a great outcry of support. I mean, even like – obviously, we had Uriah Hall on the night it happened being very classy – uh, but also on top of that, Anson Silva tweeted recently, and obviously Chris Weidman is. Uh, the roles were slightly reversed, and Anson Silva was the one that broke his leg for, from a, a kick that Weidman checked, and now the roles are reversed. Weidman throws a kick, Paul checks it, and his leg breaks in a similar way. But Anson Silva, classy, uh, sending a nice little tweet out to Chris Weidman as well.
3: Still, so crazy that that Chris Weidman that that it would be that he featured in the two you know, most famous combat sport leg breaks ever. It's just, I mean, because it's it's one of them things that transcends UFC now and, and, and mixed martial arts. When, when you see something like that, it, you know, I, it's going viral. There's, there's people like, I, I literally, I, I caught up my brother-in-law Sunday afternoon and he was like, mate, mate, you've seen this? And I was like, I, I know what you're going to show me and I do not need to see it again. <laughs> uh, and it's like, and, and it's it's one of them things that, Sort of really sort of transcends, you know, outside of that, and whether that, and it's a shame that a lot of people that don't watch mixed martial arts, the only thing that they will get exposed to is the brutality of a, a, a very, very occasional incident like that, that 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 would dominate the what. Aside from that, what, what an incredible night of, of of fights that 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 happened, um, and yeah, and so obviously like. It's great to see that he's he's recovering and seeing so many incredible posts on social media of just an outpouring of of, of of love and and an emotion for for Thug Rose. Uh, uh, I, I think she's if she didn't have the the whole world behind her, she certainly has now. Um, and also, uh, it was nice to see um, Francis and I see that he put a a message out to, to Zhang. Um, saying like you know you will come back stronger. You know you are arguably. I didn't see that. One of the best in the world, yeah. And I just think that's the sort of stuff that I like to see within the community, uh, the, the the combat sports Sorry, community. Yeah, that. And we even shared a post of that moment where uh, Smith and Crew uh, went down on their knees. You know, and and literally yeah. embraced. You know, post post stoppage due to a, another strange and, and, and brutal leg injury so yeah it's it's uh, as as it's quite well documented between you know between us on these podcasts you know we're emotional guys we like to get behind our fighters and, and, and see these things you know and yeah. see see the post fight embraces and you know what they're doing outside of the octagon it's nice when you see people that are you know good human beings and yeah so I think it's lovely to see 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 these things and uh, seeing some really uh, a lovely tweet from Justin Gaethje, you know, just saying people gave me like shit when I was crying when Rose beat Joanna. And uh, OK, is everyone crying now? And it's like, yeah, mate. <laughs> yes, we are. Yeah, all we all right. are. <laughs> and Joe Rogan as well. Um, but then obviously, when there's such a huge card and such fireworks, it's inevitable that one math is going to say one thing, and then steal the headlines, which generally happened, uh, which happened this week. Um, so, have you got the tweet in front of you? I
2: I can find it. I can I can pull it up. Yeah, I think. So, I mean, this is you, you're obviously referring to Connor because I think I think one of the worst at doing this is also John Jones. Yes, John Jones loves to tweet on a fight where he's not yeah. fighting, but he starts making the headlines about him and all that stuff. But Conor obviously does it as well. And uh, I mean, I, I, Conor came out with, uh, I think it says here, Usman even copying my shots now. Am I to fight this guy at some stage? Question mark. For your sake, I hope not, mate. Uh, I think so. I uh, can't be copying my words and my shots and not get a smack for it. I like 170. It's mine soon. Do you want me to go through all of them? How how it all panned out? Or do you want to comment on that?
3: <laughs> well, I mean, straight away, Connor at 170 doesn't excite me in the slightest. Um, really? Yeah. And I, I just think, sorry. So, Usman, I mean, we, we spoke about the words fundamentals quite a lot at the weekend. Yeah. Right? Uh you know, a, 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 a fake left and then a straight right. So Conor McGregor owns that. I didn't realise he'd copyrighted uh, a straight right <laughs> hand in in uh, in combat sports. I mean, if that's the case, then yeah, yeah, absolutely, Conor. Congratulations. You should definitely uh, you should definitely pull him up on that if you own that. But uh, as, you know, my, my shallow interpretation of this is that perhaps he doesn't. Uh, and, and Usman was quite right in, uh, in throwing a right hand at that time and getting one of the most uh, insane knockouts uh, I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's it, But then it's the kind of show and it's as much as I'll look at that and I'll just think, oh, for fuck's sake, come on. I'll, I'll have a wry smile as well because he's no idiot. He knows that one tweet out of him and all of a sudden every single head in the MMA community... Will turn and look at it, and like yeah. that's the power of of Conor McGregor. Uh, and it's weird that it would over, you know, it, it would take the the you know the eyes off of the incredible power of Shevchenko, Usman, Rose, you know, and uh, just because he's just wants some attention, and he's just the king here, and he.
2: But that's the thing; he is very good at it. He's got probably, I haven't checked this, but I'm assuming more Twitter and Instagram followers than anyone else. And uh, yeah, he's, he's big business. But you know what? I'll I, I tell you who's probably quite happy it happened. Kamaru Usman. Mm. Because if there is any chance that Usman can fight McGregor, you better believe he is getting rid of any other possible contender. And he's going for the McGregor fight. The obvious reason is the money. And the second obvious reason is if you're, if you're building a fighter to be the worst matchup for a Conor McGregor, I, I feel like I would build Kamaru Usman. Like his wrestling is unbelievable. He's not interested in... He, he's got a few flashy knockouts and great finishes lately, but he's more interested in winning than he is doing anything flashy um his striking is coming on well he clearly hits very hard if he's knocked out masvidal uh the the, the second uh, only person to to have knocked him out in his whole 50 fight career or whatever it is so that's terrible and also just the obvious size difference kamara Ruzman is a big lad
3: who likes to fights- grind you down grind you you down Conor, in my opinion, has never looked good with fighters like that that will get you, ragdoll you around. Even going back to Chad Mendes, yes, he won that fight and Chad took that fight on very short notice. But for them first few rounds, he was being ragdolled and I, I don't think there. as you say, that's not a good matchup for Conor McGregor. It is a brilliant matchup for Usman. It's like, right, I'm going to fight someone who I'm pretty damn confident I will beat quite comfortably and I'm going to earn big money
2: big such good money i mean usman was probably lapping it up so he, usman comes back to that tweet and he says except when i touch you at 170 they go out they don't even go out at 155 anymore for you i finish people you get finished uh and uh i don't this isn't a direct response but uh connor's then got i'm a block at 170 guys Give me till the end of the year at this 155 weight. I'll get the strap and then I'll go up again after green fungus panties. Ha, 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 ha. Don't really understand what that's in reference. I know it's obviously the red panty night thing, mm-hmm. but green fungus panties, I'm not 100% sure what he's going on about. Because uh, any of these fools can get it in quotation marks, Oozman and then laughy emoji, because I think, his whole thing is Usman stealing some of my night, my lines, like any of these fools can get it. And I chose you type stuff. All of that is apparently like Connor lines. Um, Usman then says, uh, I offered you the fight and you went missing. Let's stay humble. Young man. I already took your pride. Don't make me take your whiskey too. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. He- Connor's not going to put up the contract for his whiskey on the line <laughs> as well. The belt will be on the line. Sure. But not not the contract for, like, the ownership
3: of proper 12 whiskeys. I mean, I don't know thing, what right? any of that means, but I'm thinking, no, yes, really this talk, is, is great.
2: <laughs> really see, I, I just think it's it's pretty lame trash talk on yeah. both sides, and it's a complete mismatch in the octagon as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So I have zero interest in any of it. But yeah. then Connor ends up, and I've got a little uh, kind of emblem here that's stopping me from reading the whole thing, but uh, relax there, carbuncles. Again, maybe the cool kids out there know what carbuncles is. What's carbuncles? No idea. No idea. Carbuncles, uh, but uh, it sounds like like something you'd find at the bottom of like a, a ship that's been in the water. No, for I anything, thought so. a carbuncle
3: is like when when like um, on a tire, if like it's a, um like you get like a kind of swelling on the side of a tire, like on a bike tire. I thought that was a carbuncle. I might be wrong.
2: Well. Maybe that's... A re- I don't know. Yeah, maybe. You probably know more than I do. But relax there, carbuncles, whatever that means. You big, spotty backpox. Um I mean, that's something that my four-year-old would maybe say. <laughs> that's the kind of that You big, you spotty backpox. Oh, here um, we go, here we
3: go. Sorry. Carbuncle is a cluster of boils, painful, pus-filled bumps that form a connected area of infection under the skin. Uh... Right. Oh, so, yeah, that's what it is. Uh, a carbuncle is obviously uh, nothing to do with tyres, which I thought it was. Um, there you go. Yeah, there you go. So he's obviously alluding to the fact that Usman has some kind of, uh, yeah, Some kind of acne or, or something yeah, or boil.
2: Yeah. yeah, I I mean, again, good one. I don't know what you want me to say to that.
3: No, not nice one. <laughs>
2: okay. Yeah. Um... <laughs> You were ringside last time I fought at 170. 40 seconds is all it took. Why did you reschedule the Burns fight? Uh, What was the reason? That was never given to the public. Uh, Why that already... uh, This is a quote. Why that already signed fight, and then I can't see, was then rescheduled, maybe, he says. I don't know. I mean, I'm bored myself just from reading it all out, quite frankly. Um, (sighs) At the end of the day... I think Connor's got plenty to worry about with uh, Dustin Poirier. But having said that, look, if anyone's gonna be the first three-weight champion, obviously not simultaneously, but like across three different weight classes. I mean, sure, you he probably would put your money on Connor. He's already done featherweight and lightweight. It's a big jump to welterweight after that. And I tell you mm. what, I can't see him beating Usman. But if Usman got beat by. A Leon Edwards or a Colby Covington, and say Connor does beat Poirier. It's, it is. I think poor. I'm leaning towards Poirier in the rematch. But let's say Connor does beat Poirier, which is not out of the world of possibility. Mm-hmm. And then Connor fights either Oliveira or Chandler. He definitely has a chance to win that fight. I would probably favour Oliveira over Connor. Chandler, I don't know, but um, but I mean, but both. Are, both of those opponents are, are winnable for Connor. Mm-hmm. He could become the lightweight champion again. And then he, rather than defend the belt, because we know that he doesn't really defend, didn't defend the belt at featherweight. I don't think he would defend the belt at lightweight either. I think he would go for legacy and history. And, you know, it's his prerogative to do that because he's the, you know, the biggest name in the sport. So if he becomes a lightweight champ and then whoever's welterweight, I think he possibly would challenge them. But I think he's got a far better chance of beating, say, a Leon Edwards than a uh, Kamaru Usman or even maybe a Colby Covington. And that's not to say I don't think Leon Edwards can beat Usman or Colby. I, I think he absolutely could do that. But stylistically, Colby and Usman are horrendous matchups for Conor. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I, I, I can't see it happening, but who knows? Stranger things, I guess, have, have happened, but... We've moved, unless you've got something else to say about it, we've moved on to Connor. Does that lead us on to the lightweight?
3: Yeah, engine? I think so. I think so. So just a, 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 a sort of look through the the, the the top 10 at the moment. And, and obviously we've got some fights coming up that, that um, are very important in that top 10. And also just outside of the top 10 as well. I know there was a fight that you mentioned before we, we come on. And something that I, you know, I, I was chatting to you um, earlier. And it's like, it's really weird that, the way that people talk about Dustin Poirier, it's like, like he's the champ, and it's like, and I just every now and again I forget that. Oh no, he's not the champ. There, there isn't a champ, and yeah. and it, yeah, and I just think Poirier should be fighting for that belt. I think he's the person that deserves to have that belt wrapped around him at the moment. Yet, obviously, he's took the money fight. And and I can't blame him for that in, in any way, shape or form. There's the, the, the big paychecks when you fight McGregor. Um and so we're gonna I I I guess that the next big fight on there is between well for the belt is is your your three and your four. Uh is is Oliveira uh and Chandler. What are your thoughts on Chandler coming in um and instantly getting that shot?
2: Well, I mean, look, he's he's beat Dan Hooker, who I think was fifth in the rankings at the time. Mm-hmm. Um uh, so I mean, and that was some knockout. I mean, Dan Hooker is tough as nails. Dan Hooker's maybe not necessarily a title contender, but he's had some fantastic fights, almost a fight of the year with, with Poirier. He um he's had a great fight with Paul Felder. Uh and then Chandler comes along and knocks him out in seconds effectively. So, I mean, and, he, and he's got a good history, Chandler. He's a three-time Bellator lightweight champion. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's got a pedigree. And I think that he's, again, it's a marketability thing, isn't it? It's a business at the end of the day. They gave Chandler the push. Chandler was there as the Khabib Gaethje kind of, um, if anything went wrong, he would step in as the alternate. Uh, and that And that was before he'd even had a fight in the UFC. So they yeah. were clearly backing him to do good things and yeah I mean because Poirier went for the money fight I don't really have much of an issue with it I think you could make an argument for Justin Gaethje being in a title shot over Chandler 100 but but Gaethje's just come off a loss I know it was to Khabib and everyone lose to Khabib but you've got either a guy coming off of technically I think three wins including his Bellator wins um are you, are you three-
3: you're talking about Chandler
2: Yes, sorry. So, so your choice is Gaethje or Chandler to fight, because it had to be Oliveira. Oliveira's on like a... Yeah. God, what is he on? Like a nine, eight, eight fight win streak. I mean, I mean, we can get onto that in a minute, because it's not the best win streak in the world, no. but it's, it's an eight fight win streak, which at the lightweight division, which is probably their... It's their premium division, isn't it? All the big names, if you include Khabib as well, are in that lightweight division. So, that's the primitive. So, to get an eight-fight win streak in that division is pretty amazing. So, Oliveira had to be there. Right. He just beat Tony Ferguson as well. So totally. He,
3: but then I don't think Chanda deserves this. I, I, I think he's in, <sighs> he He's beaten Hooker in spectacular fashion on his debut. And, you know, the, talks the right trash talk. But then let's look at where he was you know, previous to this, right? So he's at Bellator, right? So he's just... His last fight at Bellator um, in 2020 uh, knocked out Benson Henderson, right? Benson Henderson, uh, great fighter. Um, You know, has has had a few losses in in recent times. Um, Would Benson Henderson beat anyone in the top 10 UFC currently? I'm not sure. Yeah, Uh, I'm not sure. Then before that... uh, KO'd uh, Sydney Outlaw. Um, I I don't know too much about Sydney Outlaw.
2: I think that was a late replacement as well, to be fair.
3: Right, okay. And then prior to that, uh, loses to Pitbull.
2: That's no shame in that. I mean, like, Pitbull, I know, is technically, like, he's doing the Featherweight Grand Prix at the moment, but mm -hmm. Patricio Pitbull is widely seen as arguably... He's the best pound-per-pound fighter in Bellator, Mm -hmm. and he you could make an argument for him being better than Volkanovski at the moment and therefore the best featherweight in the world.
3: Mm-hmm. So no shame in that. No, but to then beat outlaw Henderson, one fight beating Dan Hooker title shot. Now for me, oh, I don't know. There's even fighters like Darius. I think have probably got better wins in the UFC and a more consistent wins. Um, And even, yeah, I I just think you're you're right. Yes, Gaethje come off of that loss, but he come off of a loss to somebody that wiped out that whole division and he's no longer there. So for me, I think Gaethje should have, should have had that shot against uh, Oliveira. I just, I just don't think Chandler deserves that shot.
2: I I think you make a good argument. I I think you're absolutely right. Um, But, I don't know. It's, it's 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 that business thing. They were giving him that push. You had to stick Oliveira in there. I mean, I suppose the UFC probably would have liked to have done Chandler versus Gaethje, maybe. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, but uh, Oliveira had to be in there, being on the eight fight win streak that he's on. He deserves a title shot. Um, but yeah, but look, we've got we've got what we've got. I mean, I feel really sorry for Gaethje. Gaethje really feels like the odd man out. I was going to work my way down to Gaethje, but as we're talking about him. He's got no fight booked as far as I can see. Obviously, his last fight was six months ago where he lost to Khabib. He has lost to Poirier and Alvarez not that long ago either. Um, But the thing with Gaethje is he does seem to have have evolved since then. Gaethje now, since those two losses, is far more strategic. And look who he's beat. Yeah. I mean, the the, the Tony win was, was massive. Uh, and and yeah, also... Because he was the first one to do it. He broke the streak, didn't he? Tony was on that 12-fight win streak or whatever it was. And Gaethje came along and broke it when Tony was, you know, he was the boogeyman. As far as everyone yep. concerned, Tony should have been fighting Khabib long ago to see who the real best Definitely. at 155 pounds was.
3: I mean, that and fight Gaethje... was not meant to happen, was it?
2: No, and Gaethje
3: destroyed him. Yeah.
2: Absolutely destroyed it Over
3: five rounds. But then let's look ahead of that, though. Cerrone, sparked round one. Edson Barbosa, sparked round one. James Vick, sparked round one. I mean, that's they're no fools. And he's going through them like butter. And obviously, he's training with Whitman now. And, and Whitman's hands are obviously... You know, you see what he done to Ferguson. No one no one was doing that to Tony Ferguson.
2: No, I mean, it was... it was. It, Tony Ferguson was just almost too tough for his own good in that fight, wasn't he? Yeah. That, that could have been stopped earlier. But then having said that, he showed signs of the old Gaethje where he got clipped with that massive uppercut in round two. Yeah. Like, again, the, the, the toughness is there for him to have come back from that and then Whitman sitting him on the stool going, come on. We need to just just touch him. Don't wind up on Just touch him, and went, and he went and he just he just obliterated mm. him. Um, but the, yeah. the problem is, who does Gaethje? Now that we are at the stage we're at, who does Gagey fight next? Um, because if he's going to have to do what Leon Edwards did against Bilal Mohammed, isn't he? And just just to stay active, fight a guy that's ranked really far below him. I mean, RDA is the closest guy to him that doesn't have a fight booked, and He's five spots below him. Other than that, you've got people like Makachev or like Kevin Lee that are like way behind him in the rankings and don't necessarily deserve to be fighting him at this stage. Um, But even RDA, all all RDA's done is he he was getting beat at welterweight quite often by all the top guys like Leon, Colby, Kamaru. And then uh, he's dropped back down to lightweight. Paul Felder, who took that fight on five days' notice and still stayed in it for five Mm -hmm. rounds. So I don't think RDA's done enough to go, oh, now I deserve a fight with Justin Gaethje, who is, you know, he's he's up there as like, if he's not getting the next title shot, it's the one after or something like that. I mean, in a way, I kind of hope that Dana has said to him, look, you're next in line for the title shot, regardless of Poirier McGregor. Yeah. I don't. I don't see that happening. I no. think you're gonna go with the winner of Poirier McGregor. But I do. I feel for him. What do you do with Gaethje?
3: Yeah. Like, I, he's t- too uh, good. What I say is, I say, do you know what? Put <laughs> your put your feet up this year, Justin. Like, you, you've had all the brawls, you know, and and we love watching you, even when you're corner saying right. Like, Rain it in, rain it in. But then you know when he gets that sniff of blood, he's he's devastating to watch. Put your feet up this year because at the end of this year, um, Conor McGregor's going to step up and uh, to that division. And uh, yeah, let's have uh, let's have a little bit of uh, yeah, Gaethje McGregor. What do you reckon? Um, but 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 what? So if if McGregor loses against Boreo- Sorry, not step up. Of Course, it's the same thing. Sorry, yeah. Like I, I mean. He's come out this week, uh, Gaethje, in support of uh, uh, of Usman, just saying, yeah, good luck with that, like uh, Connor, like you will meet certain death, I think was his exact words or something like that. Yeah, uh, and and yeah, I mean, Gaethje, McGregor was on the cards a while ago and it never seemed to come to it. I mean, I think that's a really exciting fight. Get Ga- oh,
2: a brilliant fight, although uh, we've. It's so difficult with the current McGregor. I mean,
1: one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget
0: friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
2: Is he the... I mean, it's that thing that Arnold Allen was talking about when he was on the podcast. It's not about being out of the octagon for long periods of time. Hmm. It's about being out of the gym for a long period of time. And with Connor, with his millions and his yachts and his whiskeys and his whatever else he's got going on, is he in the gym? Like, uh, I mean, sure, he's in there for training camps. I'm sure that on a 10-week training camp... He's taking it incredibly seriously. He's a very competitive man and he's doing the absolute best he can to win those fights. I, I do believe that. Mm-hmm. But outside of those 10-week training clamps, is he in the gym? Is he getting better? Is he rolling with Dylan Dennis? Is he doing his striking with Owen Roddy? I, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know that he is. I think he's probably off doing his thing around the world. And I mean, he's earned it as an he? he's got the money to do it and he's put himself out there. So yeah, go and enjoy yourself, mate. But if you want to then come back and be the champion, I don't think you can just do a 10 week training camp. You've got to be mm. in the gym all the time because other people are. Mm. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, I don't know. I'd, I just don't, I mean, it's been, it was, it was two years between Alvarez and Khabib. That's, that's, too long, in my opinion. But then he, I mean, he is elite in a lot of ways. He is elite because he's got, you know, in in 10 years, he lost to Nate Diaz on late notice, which he then avenged. And then, and that was at 25 pounds above where his last fight was. Yeah. And then he loses to Mayweather in a boxing match, obviously. Mm -hmm. He loses to Khabib, arguably the greatest. And then he's just lost to Dustin, who without Khabib is seen as possibly the best lightweight going. So, these aren't bad losses. He's not mm. like lost it or anything. These are top-notch guys that he's getting beat by. Mm. But but can he beat those elite guys anymore? And if he can't, what do you really do with Connor? I mean, the Nate fight's always there and stuff. But, I mean, looking at what Poirier, just going back to you mentioning Justin Gaethje and Connor, you look at what Poirier did to his leg. Yeah. That's Justin Gaethje's bread and butter. Those leg kicks are... Yeah just second nature to just engage you. He will destroy Connor's leg if he hasn't found a way around that kick.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think it's very hard to kind of find a way around that kick when you're low slung as Connor is, you know, he's that, that kind of karate stance He's the complete polar opposite of your, your Muay Thai, you know, bouncing your front leg, you know, more upright, checking them kicks that, it's the, the the way yeah I think uh, it, I think it was Pip mentioned to me that Jack Slack was saying that he needs to kind of be watching how, how, how Rose fights and, and watch how Rose sort of comes in frozen, in his back out again and, and throws them kicks off the front leg and gone again you know I think that's that's maybe the way that you know he kind of adapts his style to get around uh, you know the, the the low kicks from you know a Poirier or, or or potentially Gaethje at some point down the down the road yeah it's just uh it's interesting I just sometimes I don't know I think we we're talking too much about Conor McGregor you can't help it I don't know what it is it's just it, I'm just looking at the, the the rankings now and there's so many fighters in that division that are in my opinion, way better than him, and way more exciting to watch than him. And yet, he still gets all the attention, and still gets, you know, still gets people talking. And uh... I don't know if you can say they're more exciting to watch. Well, I,
2: when do you, I mean? It's very rare that you see Connor in a boring fight that doesn't involve a stoppage. I, mm. I, I don't, I don't think I can even really think of one. I mean, he won on an absolute streak early in his UFC career. Mm-hmm. Then the, the 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 fight against Mendez Aldo, uh then the loss to Nate, but then the win uh, the win against Nate. These are the, the win against you, Nate in, in the second fight was an absolute classic.
3: And then uh, Did you did you what, think you he Alvarez. won? That? Did you think he won that? I
2: can't remember. I if at the time it was incredibly close and I think that towards the End when Nate took him down in that fifth round, I was like, Oh, was that cinched it for him? But then mm. since then, I've, I've learned a bit more about the judging criteria. And you know, you, you need to do damage once you do those takedowns. I'd need to re watch that. That's probably a fight we'll do on a fight off flight because it's yeah. a great fight. So mm. we should do that, and then I'll have a better opinion on it. At the time, I was very much riding the Connor wave, and I was probably slightly biased, so I probably did score it for Connor. Yeah, but yeah. um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it was still it's a great fight anyway. It's not. Not dull. And then what he did to Alvarez was incredible. Yeah. Um. And then the next fight is is Khabib, isn't it? And then you're like, whoa, like this, that's weird. And then he, he actually did win a round against Khabib, only going to have like won a round against Khabib. Yeah. That's nothing to be sniffed at when you think of how amazing Khabib is. Yeah. Then destroys Cowboy, which, you know, uh, it was impressive in the manner that, in which he did it. But a yeah. win against Cowboy, I don't think nowadays he's a sign of being like an elite level fighter, but the manner in which he did it was impressive. And then the Poirier fight, I think I thought he won round one and then he obviously got, got starched. But, mm.
3: uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. I, I, I thought, um, in, in that last Poirier fight, I thought, um, I thought Connor's hands missed a lot. Um, and I, I i i don't know he he was always the one that speak, talk about precision speed and accuracy uh and he was incredible at that absolutely incredible at that and and it felt to me and i think Connor mentioned in the in the post fight uh chat that you know ring rust or, or whatever he referred to it as but yeah. alluding to, to to that and it harks back to what you were saying about you know how much time is being spent you know training outside of camp and uh and and yeah when you're the superstar you, you, there must be so many distractions and, and business commitments and, and god knows what but uh but yeah i mean for me if i look there and i think exciting fighters um as much as the hype will always get me and i'll always be watching uh, a Conor kind of i'm very excited every time dustin Poiret gets in, in in the octagon and justin gaichi i know i'm going to get a f- fucking incredible fight when he gets in the octagon whatever like, I'm way more interested in watching them two than I'm watching Conor McGregor.
2: Well, I mean, look, I, I'm up for that rematch because I think Gaethje's learned a lot more. I think that rematch will be an absolute yeah, classic. That'll be a fantastic fight. But I mean, look, it's, it's obvious what's happening with the lightweights at the moment, or it feels obvious anyway. You know, Oliveira Chandler, the winner of that will probably face the winner of Poirier-McGregor. Yeah. Uh, if McGregor ends up beating Poirier and then ends up winning the lightweight belt, then you've got another log jam because he's probably going to try his luck at 170. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that looks pretty clear. And Gaethje's the odd man out, and I have no idea what they're going to do with Gaethje. I hope they've got something good for him. At one point, I thought maybe they'd give him the Nate Diaz fight, but obviously that's gone to Leon Edwards now. Um, so I don't know what you do with Gaethje. Who can he possibly fight unless he just wants to stay active and will fight anyone? But other than that... The other big fight on the 262 card in the lightweight division is uh, Tony Ferguson versus Benil Dariush. And Hmm. that, Dariush is is very much one of the dark horses in this division. Yeah, mate. Massively. He's he's, he's been quiet, going about his business. Six-fight win streak. Win
3: streak, mate. Ridiculous.
2: Yeah. I mean, and and not against Muggs. Drew Dober, I think, when he beat him, was was one of the top guys. Yeah. like At least top, top 15 or whatever. Uh, Diego Ferreira I think was top 10 when he beat him recently yeah. Drekar closer obviously we've seen with the Jeremy Stevens situation but that's not a bad win either mm-hmm. um, so you know, that's, he's a big problem for for that division Benil Dariush mm-hmm. and I think at the moment given the momentum he's on and the lack of momentum Tony Ferguson's got I would favour Benil Dariush he's about 6 years younger as well um, but it's a massive test for Dariush he's not for anyone yet the calibre of Tony Ferguson, it's just yeah. which Tony Ferguson is he going to get? Yeah. Is he going to get a reignited Tony Ferguson that put together like a huge win streak, or is he going to get the one we've had post Justin Gaethje, where he
3: just doesn't seem himself? That's uh, that's the big thing. I just hope that Ferguson gets gets you know gets some wins because it's so crazy to think that you know he was unstoppable. And you just hope that it's not going to be another. Um, oh gosh, what's his name? Um, who was the champ uh, for, for for years and then lost and then literally lost and lost Burrell. and lost. Burrell, Henan Burrell, Henan Burrell. Yeah. Uh, uh, you just hope it's not going to be a repeat of that. Somebody that was just unstoppable and then just can't seem to d- one defeat and then all of a sudden it's just. I don't know. It's like... Last time Tony came out, I just thought we were going to see something and it was like, whoa, that's not what I expected was going to happen. And then, then, yeah. And I just think it's a big thing as well. You've got, like you say, Darius, six-fight winning streak, everything to fight for. This is the first time he's fighting a premiership fighter, you know, a real name. And so he's got the hunger. This is his big chance. And it's like, Tony... Has he seen this? Another loss, and then then what? Am I moving to Bellator? Am I still going to... I don't know. Like, you know, it'd be great to see Tony pull it back, and then, in an ideal world, Khabib comes back, and we finally get to see that fight. Yes, it's going to be mayweather pacquiao It's going to be 10 years too late or whatever, but I still want to see it. I still want to see that fight that never happened.
2: I've lost interest.
3: Really? I have to say, yeah. I mean, what on the back of his
2: defeats? Yes. I think uh, I was. I wanted Tony Khabib so much for years. Mm. And I was actually going, I think Khabib. I think Tony, sorry, is the guy to do it. Tony off his back is the guy to do it. And then you see Charles Oliveira out wrestle him and out muscle him the way he did. You go, Khabib will destroy you. Mm. You've got. If you've got no answer for Oliveira on your back, but you've to got quote no you, for
3: depends what Tony Ferguson gets in that octagon.
2: <sighs> yeah, but I, I mean, well, look, I, my opinion is that Tony's gone. Yeah. That's, that's, I, I think, you know, w- if Dariush wins, we could be seeing another Tyron Woodley, hmm. which would be so sad because the fact that all he ever got was an interim title, hmm. I think is such a shame. It's, it's, it is it's one of the biggest kind of MMA losses that we didn't get a prime Khabib V Tony for an undisputed lightweight belt Mm -hmm. that absolutely should have happened. And I know there was the curse and there was tripping over cables because you were wearing sunglasses indoors and there was tiramisu Tuesdays and all this stuff. But (laughs) it's, you know, it just, it just wasn't to be the MMA gods didn't allow it to happen. And it's a travesty, but it is what it is, but I, I do worry. I think if Dariush does this and I would probably lean towards him, even though there's no proof that he can beat someone at the level of Tony Ferguson, mm. I do think Tony's level's dropped. And Dariush is on a six fight win streak. And the thing is, as you say, the hunger, Dariush will have the hunger going into that fight. Tony, if he beats Dariush, people go, Oh good, Tony's got a to win. Not, Oh my god, you beat Dariush, who was ranked, you know, eighth or ninth or whatever. Oh, Tony's got a win against this Benil Dariush guy. Will, really that, will that affect Tony's
3: placement in the rankings? Where is he? Five?
2: Maybe five? Yeah, I think he's above Connor. Oddly, so uh,
3: is, would, yeah. would that make any difference beating uh, Dariush? Probably not. Probably not. Um, no, it just puts
2: him back in the win column. And you know, Tony's such a name that you know things will open up for him if he if he wins. And yeah, he's, you know, he's
3: five. Yeah, ahead of yeah. Connor.
2: I mean, but again, Connor Tony's a great fight. If they both lose, yeah, then Connor Tony's a great fight.
0: Mm. Um,
2: but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. that's that's an interesting one, uh, and but I don't know if it'll have any immediate repercussions on the on the belt or anything, but if Darius wins that, then he could get some really good fights, and the other massive dark horse in the division if you even want to call him a dark horse because he's got a big following over in in Russia and stuff, is Islam Makachev. Yeah. Islam Makachev is definitely no joke. I mean, he's Khabib's protege. There's some great storylines there with Makachev fighting Tony because that Khabib fight never happened. Makachev fighting Kevin Lee because Kevin Lee was always going on about how his wrestling would do really well against Khabib. Um, RDA versus Makachev is a fight that's been cancelled twice mm. and RDA recently said after his win against Paul Felder that he would fight Makhachev if Khabib promised that if RDA win Khabib would come back and fight RDA that's right so that's the I mean I don't see that ever happening maybe that's a really clever way of making sure you never fight Makhachev but uh I mean mukachev's quite a few places below him in the rankings but he said he would fight him if Khabib promised to come out of retirement and uh and fight him if if he won. I don't see that happening. Khabib's made a promise or whatever. I think the only thing that drags Khabib out of retirement is if a champion is crowned that then goes on a decent win streak. Is like defends that belt four times or something. Then I could see Khabib coming back. But at the moment, no one's at his level. And he said it to Dana. He's like, Dana, you know this, brother. They are not at my level. Sorry, is he Welsh? <laughs> Do you reckon I should talk to uh, to Brett Johns and Jack Shaw, in my Russian accent, and they'll definitely really understand mate. what I'm saying? Oh they'll be all over it,
3: mate. <laughs> I mean, just, just just quickly, like where we what, what what's next for for Hooker? I'm just looking at it, obviously t- t- two, two losses, Give him you know. A break
2: he's it, it's, it's taken too much damage, man. It's like yeah. The Felder fight, the Poirier fight, no wonder Chandler knocked him out. I mean, look, maybe Chandler would have knocked him out anyway, but that brain has been rattled a few times recently, yeah. even in fights that he's won. Mm. So I think just let, let him have a brain. I mean, it wasn't even that long ago. I thought it was ages ago that he fought. It wasn't. It was only about two, three months ago that that yeah. Chandler fight even happened.
3: End of January.
2: So, well, that's it. So, look, as far as I'm concerned, you, 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 he takes a year off. In, in my head, I, I want to see him take like an entire year off. Don't fight again until 2022 and come back and just the landscape will be different. You mm. He goes straight into a top 10 fight for sure. Who? He goes straight into a top 10 fight. Well, I don't know who because the landscape will be so different then. Mm, like, I, yeah, I wouldn't want to see him come back now. Maybe he comes back and fights a Tony Ferguson who's coming off of a loss or... Maybe yep. he comes back and fights an RDA or whatever. I, I don't know,
3: but rematches Paul Felder if Paul Felder gets a couple of wins. Maybe <laughs> he rematches Paul Felder. That's a great fight. I'm a well while up for that. That's that's the fight that I you know that I'm just looking at just looking at his his his, his fight stats. I i be more than happy to see that. I thought that was a great five round of the last one. Uh, be more than happy. I'll I'm, I'm, tell you what's really made me happy as well. Um, on the UFC official photos for Paul Felder, uh, the moustache he's got is he's, uh, he's different level.
2: He loves that moustache. Old fiery red. Solid, man.
3: It. It's a solid dash. <laughs> um, yeah,
2: that's, I mean, is there much else to say? I mean, Diego no. Ferreira's fighting Gregor Gillespie in a couple of weeks on May 8th. That's uh, Ferreira's 12th, Gillespie's 14th. I mean, the division's moving. Yes, one thing you've yeah. got to say, it's not, it's not logjam right now. There is... There is going to be movement in that division, and there's stuff playing out for the remainder of the year. You can see who the next title shot's going to be. Yeah. You've got Gaethje waiting in the wings as well. I mean, I would love to hear that Gaethje's got a fight, put soon. But but you know, you've got you've got plenty of options for people. Mm. You know, and and you know what Dana's like. If if people are pricing themselves out of fights, that's when he just brings someone else in. So if Gaethje's waiting in the wings, and then you've got oh, Oliveira's saying. Uh, or no, one of them will have the belt. Say Oliveira wins, and then Poirier saying, "I'm the A side. I I, I want to, you know, get paid loads. I'm you know I'm I'm the big money guy in this fight against Oliveira now. Then Dana might go. Do you know what? I'll just give the fight to Gaethje. He'll he'll take it for less money. So that's that's a Dana thing to do, in my opinion.
3: Do you know what I'd like to? Hi,
0: I'm
3: Daniel,
1: founder of Pretty Litter.
3: You fight. Go on, Pitbull. Pitbull, bring, bring him over. Bring him over.
2: I don't think he's got. He's still. He's still in the middle of a tournament, though. Mm. Again, I mean, look, I, I would love to see Pitbull come over. The other thing is, though, that Pitbull is a featherweight and a lightweight, and yeah. I would imagine if I was him, I'd come over and fight a featherweight. Yeah, but but.
3: Yeah. Do you know I mean, what that, is? Is there any reasons? Is, is he ever? I mean, I, I, I've never really sort of looked into this. But do you know if there's any kind of reasons as to why Pitbull seems happy dominating Bellator and, and not coming to the UFC for the bigger profile? And I don't know if it's the bigger bucks. I don't know if you know.
2: I think this is an interesting question to ask someone like Brett Johns, who we'll have on yeah. the show soon, hopefully. Uh because uh, I know that he uh, retweeted a tweet of Corey Anderson's, because Corey Anderson put something out That's about how right. much money he's earning over at Bellator than he was at the UFC. Uh, I think Brett Johns basically alluded to like that being a similar thing, that there's just more opportunities. Because, again, you've not just got to think about the purse that these guys are fighting for, but also at the UFC, the Reebok deal and now the Venom deal, they're not getting a huge amount to wear that clothing, as far as I'm aware. Whereas, if you're Brett Johns now going, and you've got your banner with loads of sponsors on it, and you've got your shorts with sponsors on it, and a t-shirt and a hat with sponsors on it, all that money racks up and racks up and racks up until you realise, oh, including my purse, I've doubled maybe what the UFC were paying me at this time because of all the sponsorship deals that I'm on. So... It, it, you know i i assume it, it's money but i mean I, I think you would love to see him over at the ufc at some point to really challenge himself there yeah. especially given that you know if chandler wins the lightweight belt then patricio pitbull can easily say i'm the best featherweight and lightweight in the world because i beat your champion and i'm amazing featherweight so yeah there, there's definitely an argument there for that to be said if, if chandler
3: wins the lightweight belt yeah, absolutely. And I think, was it... Um, did Corey Anderson say something like he earned more in that one fight than he did in, like, like, five fights for the UFC or something ridiculous, wasn't it?
2: Maybe. I mean, look, maybe Bellator are loving getting good prospects over to them uh, and and paying them huge money to, to do so. Maybe, you know, they're, they're looking at some of these prime athletes like Corey Anderson... Was like a top five uh, light heavyweight or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, Bellator have effectively poached him, and, and maybe they are paying him the big big bucks. Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's questions that hopefully someone like Brett Johns might be able to enlighten us with his answers, you know. But but I think Patricio Pitbull is in the middle of the tournament now, and he's got one of the biggest fights ever coming up against AJ McKee mm-hmm. in the final of that tournament. And AJ McKee, he might be like. 19 and 0 or 17 and 0 or something like that and he's widely seen as like someone that if he went into the UFC he'd been in a, be in the top 5 mm.
0: um
2: so yeah so that's a huge fight so what he does afterwards well we'll have to wait and see because I know that his his brother is also in the lightweight division of Bellator yeah. um and uh if he he, he's discussed maybe vacating the lightweight belt so his brother can have a crack at it. That's and nice, maybe he's done it? all he would... Yes, lovely, isn't it, when your brother <laughs> just does you a little favor like that. Um, but, um, yeah, so if he does vacate the lightweight, maybe he'll think, look, I've just won the featherweight tournament. Mm-hmm. I've beat the undefeated fighter that was seen as, like, heir to the throne. There's not mm-hmm. really much more for me to do. Hopefully, I'll go over to UFC, but I'm sure Bellator will want to keep their pound-per-pound fighter. Of course, And say... He, he has loads of money to stay, and mm. and money talks, isn't it? At the end of the day, you know it's all well and good having the social media following and the fame and stuff, but if someone's putting money in your pocket to do the same job, mm. and it's a lot more money if you stay where you are, then then it makes sense to stay there.
3: Definitely, and let's hope that uh, we're having this conversation uh, this time next year, and uh, and in that top ten, we're we're discussing Paddy the Baddy.
2: Oh, hell yeah. Well, again, it's, it, Paddy will probably go in, I would have thought, at featherweight. And mm. then he, I think he wants to do the the McGregor kind of route of get to it at featherweight and then, then move up to lightweight and become a, a double champ. And I'd, I'd, I'd love to see it happen. It'd be amazing. What a mm. ride that'll be. He's just so great to listen to. And yeah. I can't wait for him to announce his first fight. Nothing's been announced yet, has it? Not that not I've seen. Anything, not
3: anything. that I've seen. Yeah. But, oh, my God, this... There'll be some TVs on in Liverpool that night, I know, uh, uh, and yeah, to, to, to see UFC Liverpool and uh, to see Paddy and Molly, uh, and, and and I guess um, you know, there's always the opportunity that uh, Darren will be fit and healthy and on that card as well. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, it's, it's a great opportunity for a UFC event, isn't it?
2: Yeah, oh, I'd be it'd be incredible, and oh, yeah, I can't wait for more stuff like that. Just the UFC to come back to the England in general. Yeah. it would be amazing to go and see them live again it would be absolutely. great absolutely
3: alright well look um, if this is your first time listening then uh, go and check out the back catalogue because you can hear us talking to the aforementioned uh, Paddy the Baddy Pimlet and you can hear us talking to uh, the aforementioned Molly McCann as well um, and you can also catch up on episodes with uh, Nathaniel Wood Brad Pickett um, and people off the telly box such as Emily Head uh, who else Blake uh, we've had Laura Checkley, we've had Thomas Turgus, we will be having Ben Shepherd and Lee Mack very soon as well. Mm-hmm. And coming very, very soon is a chat that we recorded uh, last week uh, with Jojo Calderwood and that's one you do not want to miss and loads of other exciting fighters are in the diary so there's plenty coming your way so make sure you don't miss any of them so just subscribe and then they just pop up on your listening device
2: we're on social media Blake we are we're on social media for our sins Uh, Twitter Instagram Facebook MMA Fan Podcast you can get all your little cheeky fight news there and uh, some, some little takes from me and Stu as well
3: absolutely right we'll see you next time all the best guys